we enter his gates with thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord. We come into his presence with praise. Praise you, Lord. His word says that blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. So I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord today. That means I've got blessings that I am praying for you today. And the scripture says, from the house of the Lord, we bless you. So, Kendall Campus, Gables Campus, blessing upon you. For those of you who are finding your way from your house to this house of worship, we bless you. It's so good to be seeing new faces reconnecting with us each week. And uh, for those of you that are joining us from a distance today, we pray God would draw you closer, ever closer to his spirit and invite blessing for you as well. Amen? Amen. Amen. I'm going to start with a confession. Um, Food is a life and death issue for me. How about you? Uh, you know, if I don't eat, I die. It's, it's that simple. Maybe you don't think much about it, but it's absolutely true. Without nourishment, we die. I mean, it's one of those things that you really can't live without. Somebody said that you can live 40 days without food. You can live four, day, four days without water. You can live four minutes without air. In other words, we are not self-sufficient. We have dependencies in our lives. No matter how healthy you are, without food you die. No matter how pretty you are, no matter how much education you have, no matter how much money you have, no matter where you live, here in this county or around the world, without food you die. This is a fact about us. This very moment, one of every nine people are suffering from some type of food hardship impacted by hunger. One in four of the world's children, this very hour, their life is stunted by malnutrition. In fact, they say that 25,000 people a day die from hunger. You know what? You would too if you didn't have food. Without food, I die. You die. We all die without food. And let's, that's over 3 million kids every year. Now, let's bring it a little bit closer to home because that's hard to get a hold of. In Dade County, in Dade County, 240,000 people are this very moment food insecure. What does that mean? They mean they, that means they don't know where the next meal is coming from. Hard to imagine. But just over 9%. Now, I'm bringing all of that up so that I can say this. Thank you for Feed Miami. Feed Miami is a ministry of our church through which this last year we have given 20 tons this year, providing over 33,000 meals to address that concern right here. And since it, uh, since it started in 2009 when we started 12 years ago, here's what that looks like. 237 tons of food, 474,000 pounds. That's almost a half of a million pounds of food that Christ journeyers have brought to address that issue in our life. 395,000 meals in Dade County. Now, why do we do that? I'll tell you why. Because we are a find and follow Jesus church. Jesus said that following him Feeding people has to do with following him. Jesus said, I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. And whatever you did for one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you did it for me. Matthew 25, 40. So when we feed people, we follow Christ. But today we also see that Jesus doesn't just want us to feed people. He wants us to be feeding 
on him. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Would you say that with me? I am the bread of life. The first time those words were ever heard on the face of this planet were through the mouth from the heart of Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth said, I am the bread of life. He went on, verse 35. I am, or verse 51, I am the living bread that came down from heaven, and whoever eats this bread will live forever. Now, you know that, you've heard that before, but I'm telling you, think about hearing that for the very first time. Who says something like that? Really? I mean, what a weird thing for anybody to say. Try that with your friends, see how it goes. I mean, just tell them, I'm the living bread, take a bite, you'll live forever, right? Who says something like that? Nobody, only a crazy person, unless they say it after they've just fed multiplied thousands of people by the power of a miracle touch with five small barley loaves and two small fish. The Apostle John, who recorded those words for us, was an eyewitness of that very miracle. And he said there were about 5,000 men there. So if they were to add women and kids, you could be up to three to four times that many people. He saw this with his own hand. That crowd could have been massive, and yet Jesus' touch makes the difference, and out of that, by the way, it's the only miracle that shows up in all four of the Gospels. But in his Gospel, John quotes Jesus saying this, I am the bread of life. It's the first of the seven famous I am sayings of Jesus. And today we begin our new series, Christmas series. We're counting down to Christmas. And in it, we're going to be doing a deep dive into each one of these Jesus statements. I am statements. And so we're starting our Christmas celebration a little bit early. But here's the thing. You know, if Hallmark if Hallmark Channel can be putting Christmas movies on every night for over a year, surely, you know, let's have a word from our sponsor, and we could say, for seven Sundays from November to December, we're going to be unwrapping the gift of Christmas in the I Am's of Jesus. So we're going to be decorating the buildings, we're going to be singing the songs, you know, we're going to be unwrapping the gift of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, the great I Am, by Jesus' own words, but we're going to hear it from him. Now maybe you remember the story when Moses was standing before the burning bush, and the bush was on fire, but it wasn't consumed And then he heard a voice come out of the bush, called him by name, Moses. Moses, take off your shoes. You're on holy ground. And it was the voice of God speaking to him. So says Torah, Exodus chapter 3. And and as the conversation continued, he heard God say, you know, I've heard my people's cries and I am coming down to rescue them. That's a good word for somebody today, that he has heard your cries He knows what you're struggling with, and he is coming to the rescue. That's the God of the Bible. He comes to our rescue. But then Moses gets to thinking about this. He said, wait a minute. What if the people that you are sending me to help rescue ask me, so what's this God's name? What am I going to tell them? And what does God tell them? He says, God said to Moses, I am. I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Now, Jesus, in full knowledge of that story, 
comes to Israel in his ministry in the first century, and he doesn't just say, I am sent me. You know what he says? I am is on site. I am is here. And he says it repeatedly in these seven I am statements. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door, the gate. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. I am. The seven statements of Jesus in the Gospel of John. Every Sunday from now until Christmas, we're going to be so blessed to see and know Jesus Christ as we unwrap his own words and what they mean to us the I am. We're going to see and then see how I am is enough. When it comes to meeting the deepest heart cries of our, soldier, of our, of our souls. Now, when the soldiers came to arrest Jesus before he was going to be taken to be crucified in the Garden of Gethsemane, John 18 tells us You know, John was there as an eyewitness to this. It says, Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, he went out to the soldiers and he asked them, who are you looking for? And and they replied, Jesus of Nazareth. And John remembers Jesus responding to that with two words. You know what they are? I am. That's what the Greek text says. I am. On another occasion, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were religious leaders were arguing with Jesus over ancestry. And so in John chapter 8, verse 58, here's what Jesus said. Truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Same two words. So I'm thinking Jesus wants us to know. John wants us to know. He wrote it down so you could know That the God who called Moses from the burning bush to deliver the people out of the slavery in Egypt, and that long before Moses, Abraham, and long before Abraham, I am, was wanting us to know that he is available to us. And now the first encounter we receive from Jesus Christ in these sayings is I am the bread of life. Which brings me back to where I started. You know what? Without physical nourishment, our bodies die. They do. Stop eating. You die. And Jesus is saying what? Without spiritual nourishment, you're not alive. Without spiritual nourishment, human beings do not spiritually exist. Something is dead. Something is not alive, spiritually alive. But the reverse side of that coin is, it's like Jesus is saying, God wants you fully alive, spiritually nourished, alive in him, not just physically. Two words in the Greek language that that are translated life. One is bios, from which we get biology, physical life. And then zoe, that's the word Jesus is using here. I'm the bread of zoe spiritual quality of life that is sustained by God's self-existent life as spirit life. And he said, Jesus, it's like Jesus is saying, I have come so that your quality of life can be so enriched by God's self-existing spiritual life that you will be fully alive and never stop living. That's the quality of spiritual life. And God wants you fully alive this Christmas. 
Not just surviving, not just existing. Spiritually alive. Pablo Casals is credited, cellist virtuoso, with saying these words. Don't just play the notes. Play the meaning of the notes. I remember when I was in an orchestra in my undergraduate work, playing trumpet in an orchestra, the conductor stopped and looked at the orchestra. He said, don't just play the notes. Play the music. That's what Jesus is saying here. It's like I am the key to the meaning beyond the notes on the page. I can connect you to the music of life. I am the bread of Zoe life. So come with me beyond the elements and into the meaning, not just the sticks and black circles on a page, but let me show you how the music plays. He's, he's introducing us to the art of living. Oh, speaking of art, uh, Isis is here today as a resident artist with us. Isis Edward is a local artist. She's also a part of Christ's journey. And as I was preparing this series, I got on the phone to her some time ago now and just asked, would you consider doing some art for us? All of these pieces of art are original works that she has uh, created from her reflection upon the I am statements of Jesus. And so each week we're going to feature another understanding as she reflected and, and prayed through what Jesus said and what it meant for her so that we might be invited in to some of her art. And today she's doing some live art about today's claim from Jesus. And so I just want to thank you very much, Isis, and I know you don't want me to talk to you too much and you don't want to say anything, but I just want you to know that I appreciate her very much and I'm thankful for her leadership today. And, uh, you know, five times in John chapter 6, Jesus says those words, bread of life, I am the bread of life. It's like the, you hold that nail and he will just keep hammering it because we think we know what it means and we don't. He's got to say it so that we'll get it. Verse 35, I am the bread of life. We've already said that together. Verse 41, I am the bread that came down from heaven. He's referring to the manna story that they were familiar with, that God provided miracle bread for them so that they could be sustained through the wilderness. Verse 48, I am the bread of life, God sustaining nourishment for your spirit. Verse 50, the bread that comes down from heaven which anyone may eat. Nobody's kept away from this bread. Anyone may eat and not die. Wait a minute, what does that mean? And everybody dies. What's he talking about? We're going to get to that. Verse 51, I'm the living bread that came down from heaven, and whoever eats of this bread will live forever. What does that mean? Bottom line for Jesus, verse 50, 57, as he's closing out his thought here, just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread of the bread that came down from heaven. And your ancestors, they ate manna in the wilderness, but they died. And whoever feeds on this bread, whoever feeds on me, will live forever. So it's like he's saying, feed on me, you know? Uh, I'm the true wonder bread. If you, if you want God's life nourishing and giving life to your spirit of a quality that is consistent with the self-existent presence of the living God, then get Jesus in your life. That's the point of this talk. That's what he's trying to say. Eat him up. Take him in. 
Let nourishment come into your spirit because of his spiritual life in you. What happens to you when you eat a piece of bread? I mean, the the bottom line simple answer is this. It becomes part of you. That's what Jesus is saying here. Let me be part of you. Let me become part of you. Let me in, let me in to all of you. Just like you do with bread. You know, because without bread, you would die. It fuels your life. It fires your life with energy. Let me do that for you. Let me be your essential nourishment for living. It's like Jesus is saying, in this brief space of bio life, biological life, bios, don't settle for less than zoe life. Because you were created in God's image for life on a higher plane. Now, most of us don't go to bed physically hungry, do we? Probably not. But some of us go to bed every night spiritually malnourished. We're hungry for more than what we've experienced in life. We're hungry for more meaning. We're hungry for purpose. We're hungry for peace of mind. We're hungry for some reason to get up and keep going. We're hungry for... uh, for happiness, you know? Some of us are just hungry for satisfaction. It's like we try this, we try that, we try this, nothing seems to satisfy. That's what we're talking about. The hunger for spiritual life. Did you see the story about the guy in Oregon back in July? He got lost in the woods, lost in the wilderness. He spent 17 days surviving out there by eating most anything he could find. He ate bugs, he ate grubs, he ate insects, he was drinking dirty water, he was drinking his own urine. Yes, I know that's gross, but that's what he said. This is his own testimony. He said, this is how he stayed alive. It it was true to his factual experience. And I'm thinking, that's like a picture of so many of us in this world. So many people, you know, they keep filling in the blanks and they keep connecting the dots for their biological life, but spiritually we're going crazy. We're so hungry. It's like we're in this identity crisis. Would somebody tell me who I am? Why I'm here? How does it all work? Why am I alive? And what makes it worth living? That's the hunger for more. And so we're so hungry that uh, we try all kinds of things we never even thought of before. We try things we never imagined we would do. Experimenting. You can fill in the blank, but some of the easy ones for us are experimenting with drugs, with alcohol, experimenting with sexuality, only to discover that you can't satisfy your soul by manipulating your body. See, there's a biological life and there's a spiritual life and your spiritual hungers have got to be addressed in a spiritual way. And Jesus is saying, you know what? You're right about wanting more, more than you've had to this point in time, more than what your past has been. You want your future to be different, yes? And that's why I'm here. I am the bread of Zoe. I can take you into a quality of life that you long for, but you just haven't fed on the right bread yet. How do you do that? He says, believe me, receive me. Let me be your essential nourishment of life and then learn how to enter into a regular rhythm of feeding so that your spirit continues to be enlivened by me. How many meals do you eat a week? One meal doesn't get it for me. Try to have a good meal on Sunday, but you know I don't wait until the next Sunday to eat again. You know, I'm to three a day in snacks. You? You know, how do you stay alive? You eat, 
And that's what Jesus is saying. He actually says this, verse 58, whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. The word feed, let's get a little grammar lesson here real quick. It's a present active indicative participle. You know what that means? It means that it's happening in the present time and it keeps on happening and it never stops happening. That's what a participle does. It just keeps on going in the present active. He said, so when you start doing that with me, you start feeding on me and you keep on feeding on me and you never stop feeding on me, then what's the return on that investment? He says, you will live forever. Whoa, that's a different kind of bread, right? Future active indicative. That means that you will be alive, but you will keep on living and never stop living forever. So what's the return on that? Here's the translation. Start and don't stop drawing your nourishment from me. Maybe that's the step you need to take today. And then some of you feel like you're drying out because you stopped feeding. So you need to come, you need to build that rhythm back in. And what's the return going to be? The quality of life that never ends. Biological life ends. It does for all of us. But Jesus said, I want to introduce you to the kind of bread that can take you into a kind of life that will never die. This is his promise. Life beyond this life. You are meant for more. If you don't hear anything else, hear this. You are meant for more than simply biological life and death. You are meant for Zoe life shared with God eternally. That's Jesus' offer. And as amazing and breathtaking as this life is in so many ways, I'm telling you, Jesus is saying there is a spectacular and fabulous reality that I want to bring you into beyond this life, beyond what you see biologically. And you don't have to wait till you go to heaven to get there. We'll get there later in another message. But he's saying, I'm going to bring the quality of God's eternal life into you. Take me in, and it's coming with me into you. The reality that gives birth and then meaning to all that is, I am. Moses heard him say it. Abraham. Jesus said, I am, and he wants you to hear it too. In your deep spirit. In the unique part of you that is made in the image of God that he said, I'll go all the way to the cross for you. Why? So that you can know I am is enough. From the cosmos out there as far as you can imagine to the crisis right here inside your human soul. God wants you to know that Jesus is his I am. And I am is enough. Larry Norman wrote a poem about that some years ago that I remember. It's simply entitled, I Am Is. I Am Is. The galaxies in splendor stretch out before my eyes, and Jesus is not dead, man. He is riz. He is way cool, and the heat of hell won't incinerate your soul if you know that I Am Is. The earth, the moon, the planets wind their way around the sun, And most men live lives of desperate, total miz. Because the prince of darkness buffets them with lies and fury, foul. Even he knows I am, is. Time and space and matter weave the canvas of the world. It's all created by his hands, but that's his biz. He binds the protons and the neutrons, and the electrons, and the quarks. It all says, I am 
is. When you meet I am in Christ, you come to know that I am is enough. In John 6, Jesus closes this comment with something very controversial, even cringeworthy. Um, I tell you the truth, Jesus says. That's like, listen closely and underline this because the lights are flashing. This is uh, verily, verily, I tell you the truth. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Imagine hearing that for the very first time. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. What? For my flesh is real food, and my blood, real blood. And whoever, real drink, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood will remain in me and I in him. And he's not talking about cannibalism. He's not talking about anything weird. This is a strong metaphor. This is like shock symbolism that's meant to drive that point all the way home and deep. Like, what did he say? What does that mean? Pay attention because he's trying to get your attention. Why? You must, here's the bottom line, you must let my life become your life. Take me into you. Digest me. Absorb me as essential nutrient for your very life. This is spiritual truth, and this is what we celebrate in communion. Bread, the symbol of his body, flesh broken for us, the bread of life for us, wine, his blood, the cup of salvation, and we take them in that symbolizes our faith union with Jesus. This organic, dynamic, spiritual empowerment that happens. So I told you that food is life and death with me, but this kind of food, I got to tell you, it's not just life and death with me, it's life and love. Jesus said this is about more than just life and death. This is about life and love. God loves you and in love for you has given himself to you so that in receiving him within you that you might love him because he first loved you. This is about life and love. Being filled with God's life, being fueled by God's life, that your life on the inside can know his truth and love personally. So how can you experience it? Well, here's a simple summary. Believe first. Believe Jesus is God's source of life and love for you. Then secondly, receive. You don't just say, wow, that bread really looks yummy. No, you take a bite. Receive Jesus Christ as God's source of life and love for you. Open your life to him. Trust him, receive him. Then you trust by faith that he does. According to his word, he keeps his promise. When you invite him in, he does that. He comes in, and then you thank him because thanksgiving is the voice of faith. You thank him for coming into your life, for filling your life, for fueling your life for coming alive in you and then bringing you into God's life. Would you pray with me about that? Gracious God, we thank you for the profound gift that you have given us of yourself 
in Jesus Christ, our bread of Zoe. And I pray for believers now, brother, sister, you've been feeding on junk food, this is the time to listen to the Holy Spirit and turn away from that stuff. Whatever you've been reading, whatever you've been chewing on to try to give you whatever it is you're longing for and it's not working, would you just say, Lord, I just set that plate aside and I am turning from my way to invite you once again to be my bread of life. Forgive me, cleanse me, fill me now that my life might be full of your life once again, not because I deserve it, but because you promised it. And you said, if I believe, if I receive, then you will make it real inside of me. And that's a prayer for believers. If you're a a non-believer, but you're seeking and you're hungry and you're ready to take that next step, your prayer is very similar to that. It would be, Lord Jesus, I believe that you are God come in a form that I can understand and trust. So I open my life to you and I invite you to come in. Forgive my sin. Fill me with your spirit. Become the fuel of my soul. And then we trust him. Lord, I trust you to be faithful to your promise, and then we thank him. Thank you that you have heard my prayer and are alive in me now as I have turned away from my way into your way. If you just prayed that prayer with me, our heads are still bowed just for a moment longer. But I'm going to ask you simply to raise your hand and hold it up for a moment so that I can ask God's blessing upon you in that place. If you're joining us online, please click right there. It says you can that you're trusting Jesus. Let us pray for you right now. Thank you. Lord Jesus, thank you for each person who by uplifted hand is saying, I'm trusting you as my bread for spiritual life. Cause them to sense your reality deep within them. And in that reality, now guide us as we come to your table, we pray in your name. Amen.